You're listening to The Conversations Podcast with Emory Gynecology and Obstetrics. This series is a continuation of our popular video series created to highlight the need for ongoing conversations around women's reproductive health. Today, we are speaking with Dr. Stephanie Figuera and Dr. Lisa Shandley. We should start with at least an introduction, right? So let's start with you, Dr. Shanley. Introduce yourself. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm Lisa Shanley. I'm a third-year resident. Um, I've been at Emory for, oh boy, seven years now. Um, I was a medical student here. I did a master's here, and I uh, stayed for residency, so I've um, been here for a while. I'm originally from Chicago. My whole family is there, so um, I'm the one explant from the family, but um, got a lot of support from them there, and um, I'm excited to continue to be in Atlanta. I have a friend family here from from med school. A lot of people stayed, so um Let's see. I'm I'm interested in pursuing a fellowship in reproductive endocrinology and infertility, um, and I uh, am excited for the light at the end of the tunnel of residency <laughs> with a little under two years left. So that's great. That's great. You, Dr. Figuera. Um, so my name is Stephanie Figuera. I was originally born and raised in Brazil. Uh, moved to the United States when I was about 12 years old, and Boca Raton, Florida, has been home since. Um, I went to undergrad at Florida State. Stayed for medical school. Um, and have been an intern for all of three months now. <laughs> <laughs> um, always wanted to move to the Atlanta area, really like the city, um, and always thought that Emory was, just had a great program, and it was my top choice. I'm very happy to be here. That's great. That's really great. So I think that's the perfect segue to ask one of the questions that we always want to ask, which is, why Emory? Why did you choose to come here? Sure. Um because I was here for five years I, before starting residency, I felt like I had a good um, idea of what the program was like. I really enjoyed the people. For me, what really drew me to, res- to residency here was the current residents. Um, I felt like everybody was, you know, very positive, very fun, and kind of at their same stage of life that I was at. There were other programs that I liked when I interviewed, but I felt like um, their primary um, network of people was going to be somewhere outside of residency, whether it was more family-focused or whether it was um, more like they were in New York City and that was their their basis for um, their, you know, their social group outside of residency. And I kind of wanted a residency program that had a good mix of everything, and I felt like Emory was supportive of people that wanted to have families, but there were plenty of younger or single or partnered but not yet married and um, felt like their social circle was primarily their resident class. Um, so that was one really big thing that drew me here. So I did a rotation here as a visiting student my fourth year of medical school um, with the reproductive endocrinologists and um, infertility specialists. And um, during my time here, I just got to observe the residents interacting with each other. And I think we truly treat each other like family here and we're very close and everybody just has this really amazing sense of humor. And it just makes a world of a difference when you're in a hard residency to have people that are surrounding you, that are keeping things light, that at the end of the hard day that you're still able to laugh with each other. And that's kind of what I saw here as a visiting student. And then I had the pleasure of working with some faculty that became 
very quickly invested in me and in my future and kept in touch with me even after I left. And um, I think that I really saw how much the faculty are invested in the residents here. And I think that makes a world of a difference. And I think that's been a reoccurring theme in some of the conversations that we've had, the role that faculty play, um, certainly as mentors or as teachers. And I'm interested to hear from you sort of what your thoughts are on how the faculty are sort of guiding this residency training process for you all and sort of what value they're bringing to you. Sure. So my time here has been limited, right? I've only been here for three months, but I can talk a little bit about my experience so far. Um, so as beginning as a fourth year, I kept in touch with Dr. Kawas, Dr. Hip from the uh, REI department, and they were always just great people to guide me on how to choose a residency program. I'm interested in a fellowship. So what are some things that I that I need to look for in a residency program if I am to succeed um, in pursuing a, a future fellowship? And then um, since starting, I think all the faculty are just really amazing. Um, Dr. Davenport as the associate program director, Dr. Risk as the other associate program director, um, they just provide a lot of support for us as, an, as incoming interns who are still trying to figure out how to balance, you know, the work-life thing, um, how to just deal with the stressors of learning how to become a doctor. I think first year is really for how, how do you learn to be a doctor. Um, and I think all the faculty have been incredibly supportive and just being there for us. It's been a really great experience. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that one thing that I really liked about Emory's program um, with regards to the faculty was the fact that the faculty is very diverse um, in background, in um, th their own educational background, personal background, in what they choose to focus on or pursue. And I found that that was really important uh, for me. I think it's really important in residency to have mentors for different things. Um, of course, it's lovely if you find one mentor that is someone who can guide you through multiple different aspects of residency and your career and life. But um, there might be one person that affords one specific thing. Um, so. I find that because there is such a great diversity at Emory of uh, amongst the faculty that I've been able to find research mentors and career mentors and people who um, I just look up to in the way that they practice clinical me medicine. And I think that it's really admirable and I want to model myself like them in the future. So I think that that's one thing that was special about Emory in that um, there's such a, the, a breadth of people you can choose from. Um, I think it was also important to me to find other residents that I could look to as mentors. Yes. I know that we work very closely when we're at Grady. The first year interns work very closely with the third year residents. Uh, and so you get to work very closely with whoever your third year on labor is at Grady. Um, and we used to, in back in the day, we had a night's rotation as an intern at Grady. So you had pretty much exposure to two third years who were primarily your go-to person that taught you labor and taught you how to deliver a baby. And um, I thought that that was really important to have that um, resident mentorship as well. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off of mm -hmm. that. And I, I definitely agree. <clears throat> Being at Grady right now on labor, um, my third year is pretty much who I look up to. And it's so nice to see that two years from now, I will know as much as she knows. And it's great to see how far she's come up 
come since being an intern. And um, I definitely really like how big our team is at Grady and how we're just always together. The fourth and third years are always teaching the intern in the second years. And it's just a really great atmosphere to learn in, um, to learn from your upper levels. Um, it's always nice to learn from your attendings, but your upper levels were just where you are now, um, not so long ago. And so they they understand what it's like to work 12, 13 hours a day to be tired, and but to still have the stamina to learn. Um, so I think it's it's really great how it's done at Grady specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not only the residents, but um, we've talked a lot about how the, the Emory OBGYN department in general is growing very rapidly, but and that that's great. And one of the awesome things they've done is they've hired a lot of junior faculty or younger faculty, and so people who were are not that far out of residency who still remember, you know, what is a what is an effective way to teach to somebody who you have to baseline assume knows mm-hmm. nothing other than the ability to learn. So um, that's been really awesome too. Is working with young faculty who you know they might be right out of residency, right out of fellowship. Um, but, you know, are in a, an attending position now as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and one of the things that I think is so interesting about our department is you're able to see how relationships develop over the course of three or four years mm-hmm. and specifically to see how the department sort of fosters an environment where as you said, senior residents can sort of partner with interns and sort of teach from that perspective. And so I think that that's a really great segue into talking about sort of the the way Emory is building you all to be leaders. Mm-hmm. I think that that's something that we endeavor to do, um, what, whatever leadership means to you. And mm-hmm. so I'm interested to hear from you. Is, is there something that you feel specific the department or the program itself is doing to create you all as sort of leaders in your field or, or to create that sort of trajectory for you? I think one of the things that they do well is they give you the freedom to pursue your interests. Um, you, no one person is going to be an expert in everything that they try to do. So um, the the things that you want to pursue and want to become more knowledgeable about and become an expert in, uh, you have the freedom to do that. I know that Emory has facilitated for myself. I've been able to go to multiple conferences to present research because I'm very interested in partaking in research in in my career in the long term. So um, I feel like they've been good about facilitating that opportunity, those opportunities. Um, In terms of leadership, I know that there are a lot of ways that they try to facilitate um, mentorship and leadership groups. We have faculty mentor groups where uh, there's a faculty member who is assigned a group of four residents, one from each year. And they're kind of in charge of getting the group together and making sure that everybody has a kind of a home base that they can go to if they're still trying to figure out their own mentors in their career if or trying to even figure out what their career, you know, might look like in the future or trying to figure out, um, you know, what they what they want to do um, in life. So it, it's nice that they um, facilitate that and, and leads to kind of group roles that people can take different leaderships within. Yeah, that's really great. And I guess that's a great place to talk about your mentor groups. So I love seeing the pictures from mentor groups or hearing about some of the activities mm-hmm. that you are you all are doing. So I'm interested, what is, what's been some of your favorite mentor group activities so far? Who's in your group? So Dr. Childress is the attending oh, she's and she's new. amazing. She's, yes. she's, she's our pediatric fun. gynecologist. 
Um, and then it's me, Rachel McDeal, Kaylee Vinson, and Mina Farazad. Okay. So it's a really fun group. Um, we've only met once so far because we just switched mentor groups. It used to be Dr. Haddad, but mm-hmm. she unfortunately stepped down. Um, but we we met at Dr. Childress's house and just had like a, a pizza party with some wine after work, and it was great. And everyone in the group just has like real, uh, really funny personalities, but they're all individually different, and it's just it's it was great. We also just got a new mentor. Um, Dr. Kelly became our group mentor. Um, it's me, Nas, Ying, and um, Lauren Rouleau. And we he had us over to dinner to their house. He and his wife cooked for us, um, which was lovely. And we um, we decided that we we publicly challenged one of the other mentor groups to to some sort of sporting event, mostly a bowling tournament, I think was what was called out. So we challenged Dr. Hill's group because they're very active on social media whenever they get together. So we're we're trying to, to one-up them. But <laughs> to be determined. Who to wins. be determined. Okay, very good. Check well, in for Conversations Part 2. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that, you know, the mentor groups obviously provide you a way to sort of informally meet with faculty and your colleagues. But then also I would assume that it's a really great way to try to create some balance, some work-life balance. And I know that that's something that we as a department focus on, like the idea of being a Mm well-rounded physician, like really focusing on trying to create balance. So I'm interested, you're sort of at the beginning Mm -hmm. of that and you're sort of towards moving towards the end of that i'm i'm interested to hear how you're establishing that type of balance mm-hmm. between work and personal life if you found it any secrets so i can start and then lisa <laughs> can say how she was able to find it <laughs> after two years um as an intern it's definitely difficult um you're still readjusting to working you know 80 hour weeks which is new we definitely did not do that in medical school Um, And you're just adjusting to stepping into this role of being a physician, to taking care of patients. Um, So it is a really big and tough transition period, definitely. Um, I think that the way that I found some type of balance is to keep in touch with friends and family. They keep me grounded. Um, I always call someone on the way home from work just to hear something that's not medicine related. Um, and then I have a boyfriend who's incredibly supportive. He's a, a second-year resident at Emory as well in another specialty. Um, and then when you have time off, even though we're all tired and exhausted and could really use some sleep, it's really important that you kind of push through that and still meet up with friends and still work out and still go to the gym and just do normal things. Um, it's difficult, but I, it's really important to just keep you in the right positive mind space. I think it's... Work-life balance is always a work in progress, um, and it changes how you accomplish that throughout residency. Um, I think intern year is hard because you're you know nothing, and you're 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 in this weird juxtaposition where you are probably at the peak of your general medical knowledge, having graduated medical school, but you know nothing about the logistics of being a doctor or working in a hospital mm-hmm. and actually taking care of people and being the primary person to do that. So. It's a hard position to be in. Um, the hours are long as an intern. You do a lot of the, like, the grind work. Um, but it, it's actually very fun. And I actually found intern year to be very fun. I really thought it was rewarding. And it was it was affirming for what I you know had chosen to do. Uh, second year is tough at, at, in our program in particular just because um, 
you have a couple tough rotations that are very active where you leave work physically exhausted. I mean, labor, you always leave work physically exhausted just from running around. But um, so second year is tough. And I, I felt like second year, it was actually harder to find work-life balance. Um, the It's also weirdly better than intern year because people actually care what your opinion is when you evaluate a patient. Like you're not just an intern anymore. And that happens literally within a week's time of going from the end of June when you're an intern at the end of your your first year to a second year where it's your first week. And all of a sudden people are like, oh, what do you think like about this patient? So, um, (laughs) you know, I don't know how much that week makes a difference, but... Um, it's actually it's better because you're you're more involved and you have more accountability for your patients, mm-hmm. um, but it's also it's tough. Um, I think that starting third year has caused me to circle back and try to regain a little of what was lost in work life balance second year. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's really about setting goals and making a schedule, including scheduling in personal time time outside of work, um, time on activities that I want to do. Um, I'm a big, like, goal setter, like, little goals. And so one of my goals was to just, like, get back into shape in general and and be more active because I let that go second year. So me and one of my other co-residents signed up to do a half marathon, and it is forcing us to train. So (laughs) it's happening. But um, so that's, you know, it's there's little things you can do that over the long time make make a big difference. For me, I look way ahead of time in my schedule and see when I have full weekends off and try to plan little vacations here and there, get out of Atlanta, mm-hmm. do something different. This weekend, we're going to the mountains, so different atmosphere. Um, I think it's really important to kind of get away and recoup and then come back and continue to work hard. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that one of the things that I have noticed whenever we sort of start talking about work-life balance, to your point, which is that it's not necessarily balanced all the time, right? right? Like, you try to sort of, like, mitigate between sort of times where you can't really focus on personal and then try to recoup that in some sort of way. I'm interested to know what your thoughts are about the department's focus on wellness, because we have sort of, I would say, one of the most robust wellness wellness sort of initiatives led by Dr. Hill and Mm -hmm. the wellness committee and sort of how you're finding value with that. I know we just started something where you have a Wednesday Mm -hmm. that's dedicated Mm -hmm. to wellness. Tell me a little bit about that. And if has it started yet? And if you guys are finding value in it? I've definitely noticed a change in the focus on wellness over the past two and a half years. Um, Initially, I felt like there were, maybe this was the beginning intern year, middle of intern year, we'd have a couple lectures about wellness and the importance of sleep, and you're just sitting there being like, well, I could have slept in an hour rather than coming to this lecture. My thoughts, exactly. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I think that that has really changed. Um, Last year, they implemented uh, about three times a year, they'd give you a wellness afternoon or a wellness morning where you basically were relieved of clinical duties for that afternoon or morning so that you could do normal people things that have to happen during business hours, but you can never get them done, like go to the dentist and get your car fixed. And so it was really lovely um, last year. And they got some feedback this year that, you know, that that was great. And, you know, if that could be facilitated to make sure that that could continue to happen, it would be lovely. They've actually changed it so we get more wellness mornings off. Um, Every Wednesday morning, we get protected time for education. um, And they've scheduled one of those education mornings out of each rotation block to be a wellness morning where we're kind of free to go after grand rounds um, and you have free time that during like a normal morning to make appointments as you need to and and it's been 
it's been really lovely. (laughs) It's really good. I agree. Um, We've only had one so far. It was last week. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's nice to have at least a couple hours during regular working hours where you can get things accomplished. Like, for example, go to your annual OBGYN appointment as an OBGYN. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. So it's it's been great. Well, and one of the things that um, I've noticed sort of happening over the past year is to really see um, the wellness initiative sort of like sparking other discussions, right, about like how to balance this whole work thing with like what are my future goals Mm -hmm. and like so that you can have the clarity of thought to actually like plan ahead. Mm -hmm. And so I'm interested to know you're again, you're sort of at the beginning and I would say that where you are, there's definitely some distance there. But when you're looking ahead to the future of like, what 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 does the end of residency look like and sort of the trajectory of my career what are you what are you interested in or do you have some definitive thoughts about what your future is going to look like and how is the department sort of facilitating that um so i'll start um i have a feeling that dr shanley and, and i have very similar kind of <laughs> career goals um just so happened that we got paired together to do this um so i came into residency being about 90% sure that I want to pursue a fellowship in reproductive endocrinology and infertility. And so that's my main goal. Um, I have faculty members in that department that have been extremely helpful and that have set me up for success, Um, whether that means involving me in research or involving me in future projects and publications. um, They're extremely supportive and very invested in my success, which is really nice to know that you have someone there for you and you can always talk to. Um, so yeah, so my my goal for for now is it, it's hard to picture my future beyond fellowship as a, as an intern. That's kind of like the main goal right now. I think maybe Lisa has already thought ahead of that, but <laughs> um, it's yeah. I feel like. It's true. The farther you get, the more you realize that what you thought was the end game is not the end game. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known I wanted to go into medicine since I was very young. And so going to medical school was always the goal. And then I got there and I realized, oh, like I have to pick what I want to do. <laughs> I wasn't by any means surprised when I chose OBGYN. Um, and at that point, I had had some research experience and thought I was interested in in getting at least more experience. Um, So I did a master's in clinical research, during which I did a project in, um, it was infertility and cancer survivors. And so I really enjoyed my time and got to know more about the field of reproductive endocrinology and infertility and um, had no experience at that time about in in a clinical sense for, for, I didn't know if I'd like being in, you know, in clinic more frequently than the OR. Um, I had originally thought I wanted to do general surgery when I started medical school. So um, after the second year rotation through the, the REI rotation, and I just loved every minute of it. It kind of sold me on that. I do think I want to do uh, research as part of my future career, and I've always kind of seen myself in academics. So um, that 
continues to be my trajectory at this point. And um, who knows if, if it'll change. You know, you've, you think about, I want to do fellowship. I think I want to be in academics. But you have to, you know, at some point apply for your first job. And that's something that's new frontier to you now when you're like 34 mm-hmm. years old and <laughs> everyone else has been in, well on their way in their careers and you're 34 and applying for your first job. So um, who knows? It, it's an evolving process. But um, that's currently the plan. Well, I want to pivot just a little bit because I'm always interested to hear sort of like what your typical day is like, keeping in mind that there's no typical day. Like I that I can certainly appreciate at this point, Mm -hmm. but I'm really interested to know sort of like what does a typical day look like for each of you? Okay, so I think it's really rotation dependent. Yes. Right. (laughs) So our schedules are really it really depends on what rotation you're on. The schedule is set up in a way that if you have a hard rotation, your next rotation is usually a little bit lighter, which is nice. Um, I can give you what a typical day is on Grady Labor. Um, so a typical day, let's say I wake up around 5 a.m., um, get to get to Grady about 6, round on some postpartum patients, and then sign out is usually at 7.30. So sign out, everybody gets together in the night team and the day team, and the night team signs out the patients that they had overnight to the day team. And the attendings are usually present as well. Um, that way, everybody's on the same page about the patients on the floor, and everybody's aware of any workup that needs to be followed up or anything like any laboring patients, um, things like that. And then through the day, uh, the the job of the the labor intern, which is my role, is mostly to do triage for the the what we call viable patients. So, um, pregnant women that are 24 weeks or farther along in their pregnancy, and then to also carry the postpartum phone, which tends to ring about 10 to 15 times a day. Um, and that's pretty much the role of the labor intern. And then, of course, if there are any vaginal deliveries, um, then I participate in those. And usually sign out in the evening is about 6 o'clock. And I'm usually there until about 7, 7.30, finishing up some notes. And then I go home, eat, sleep, and do it all over again the next day. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Grady labor is one of the more time-intensive yes. rotations. Um I'm clinic chief right now, so I've got a pretty sweet gig going on. <laughs> I show up at Grady at 8 a.m. Ah, and partake in clinic all life. day, and then I go home around 5 p.m. So wow. marathon training is going great <laughs> but um, <laughs> for a half marathon. But um, the typical rotation, third year, the good thing about our schedules third year is we do a lot more surgery. Um, second, first, since, first year is about half surgery, half OB. Mm -hmm. Um, And then second year is very obstetrics heavy. You have a lot of rotations at Midtown where they have high volume deliveries. Um, You have three rotations there. And then you have a rotation at Grady as the night's person for labor. So it's a lot of obstetrics uh, second year. So this year it's actually been lovely because we have more time in the OR doing GYN. A typical GYN rotation, you'll get to the hospital probably around 6 o'clock to round on your patients and then make sure you prepare your patients that are going to the operating room that day and spend most of the day in the operating room. And if there are any any patients that come through the emergency department that need to be seen by your team, also get staffed by the team. So um, it's exciting third year. You, you kind of shift to do a little – third and fourth year, you shift to do a little bit more of the gynecology and the surgical um, aspect of it as opposed to just obstetrics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And what I really like about our program is that even as an intern, I had uh, gynecology as my first rotation. And we jump right in and start operating really early one-on-one with our attendings, which is really great. And so um, when I was on my GYN rotation at Midtown, um, I would have anywhere between maybe five to seven cases a week um, that I would be operating one-on-one with attendings. Um, So that's really fun, getting a ton of OR time um, so early on in your intern year is, I think, really awesome about our program. Mm -hmm. I think that's a credit to our program as well, that there is an emphasis on um, the providing you the opportunities to develop your clinical skills, Mm -hmm. right? Starting from the very beginning, obviously at appropriate levels Mm -hmm. um, for your skill set. So I think that that is something that I've heard as a reoccurring theme that is really a benefit to our program. I know that um, one of the things that I'm always interested to hear is sort of if you are, since you're in it right now, do you have any sort of advice or words of wisdom for those who are looking to enter into residency? There's, there's, I, I would say right now is probably the time where there's a lot of like information gathering, right, mm-hmm. from prospective residents. And so mm-hmm. do you have any sort of like tips or ideas about what to expect or how to manage the resident experience? Yeah, so I'll I'll speak to that a little bit because I, again, was just an applicant not that long ago. And looking back this time last year, I was submitting my applications to residency, which is crazy to think that that was just last year. Um, but I remember that I came, came up with this crazy Excel spreadsheet of all these stats, of all these different programs, and I ranked the programs, like I gave like little numeric things to different things that the programs had. But when it came down to it, it really was the gut feeling that I Mm -hmm. felt on interview day. I think residency is hard no matter where you go. Um, And it's so it's really important for you to surround with surround yourself with people that are the people here are just so amazing and they're so supportive. And even though we work hard and sometimes the day is really long. It's really nice to be able to laugh with your coworkers, to keep things light. And even though I've only been here for, what, three months now, I feel like I've already made, formed, like, really close relationships and bonds with my coworkers. And that's what keeps you going. Um, even though it, the, the days are long and it can be hard, it's still an amazing learning experience. Um, I'm really grateful that I'm here. I'm really grateful that I get to take care of a patient population that is disadvantaged, um, unrepresented, um, like the patients at Grady. Um, and so overall, it's been, it's been great. And I, I think that as for people that are looking and applying to residency right now, trust your gut feeling when you interview um, at the programs, that's that's usually the cue. Yeah, I agree. And I also, this is probably not just for applicants, but also for first and second years, because those are the, the hardest years of residency, I think, and at most programs and at our program. But um, I think it's really important to keep things in perspective and to keep in mind that residency is a finite period of time. And regardless of what specialty you go into, regardless of what program you're at, there are times that just absolutely suck. But then there are so many times that are absolutely so rewarding, both for personal growth and then also for what you're able to do for your patients. Um, You also do build relationships in residency, unlike anything else people get from other forms of coworkers. 
my partner is not in medicine and he's like constantly amazed at like how I interact with my coworkers. And he's like, these are people you work with. And I'm like, yeah, but like it's, it's residency. <laughs> so, um, it's, it's, it really is a very unique setting that people, um, that you get to spend some of the most formative years of your life in. Um, I think it is important to take time to reflect in whatever manner that is, you know, for each person, whether it's whether you're someone that likes to talk with family outside of medicine or friends outside of medicine and that helps you dial it back or whether you're someone who likes to meditate or do yoga or do, you know, whatever you need to do to reflect is is important um, to keep things in perspective because it, it can get you can get lost in the days and the weeks, but I promise you the years go so fast. And before you know it, you're like, I'm going to be like, for me, I'm going to be in less than a year applying for fellowship. That's crazy to me. So yeah, it's, it, it goes by very quickly. And I think one of the sort of a great place to end the conversation on is to talk about some of those relationships that you've developed in residency. I think just listening, I'm interested to know, what do you think contributes to solidifying such strong relationships in residency? Is it the the nature of the work that you're doing? Is it the number of hours? Is it some combination of both? Because I do hear that a lot, that there is something special about that process that mm-hmm. sort of develops these types of lifelong relationships. What do you think it is? I think um, this is not unique to, to residency, but any time that you have an, a shared experience with somebody where you you don't have to talk about what it was that you mutually shared that made it special um, can create a really strong bond. And I think that that's constantly happening in residency. It's like the perfect setup for that. So, um, I mean, I, I feel like I've also gotten closer to my friends who are in different specialties at Emory. Um, who stayed for residency that I know from medical school and and even just being able to um, e- either commiserate or, you know, celebrate with them in their you know, successes has been interesting. And, and um, I think there's value both in getting in having people with a very same perspective where, um, you know, you can talk with someone about, you know, an issue or an experience and, and they know exactly where you're coming from. And then I also think there's value in the people who are just far enough removed that they can sympathize but maybe not empathize um so i think it's important to have people of of both respects but um yeah i think it's just that you grow so much as a person during residency and it was funny my whole family's in medicine my grandpa was a surgeon he was probably the first person to to enter medicine and my grandma always said never get married before you're 30, because if you're going into medicine, you're going to change so much in residency. And I think it really is true just because you really grow as a person and you find not only who you are, but what you like and where you want to go in life. And I think that that's really important. And you have, you know, 35 other people in the residency (laughs) program that are also figuring those things out about themselves and growing with you. So, Yeah, I agree. And I also think it's uh, a little bit also the nature of our specialty. I think OBGYN is usually the the highs are really high, right? Delivering babies and all of that. But the lows can be very, very low when you have bad outcomes. And I think when you share those experiences uh, with with your co-residents, it just forms this really tight bond um, when you go through something like that together. Um, and I think that's part what, partly what makes us so close and tight-knit mm-hmm. um, is having to go through um, bad outcomes together. Yeah, those are, that's such great information to have. And I think I'm always impressed by 
sort of how you all are able to balance the highs and the lows. And I hear that from the faculty. I hear that from the residents as well. And so um, I think that it's evident to see, at least from my perspective as an outsider, how rewarding you all find the work that you're doing. And so hopefully we've been able to capture that a little bit here today. And I'm hopeful that um, it will spark some other conversations about sort of women's health in sort of broadly, and then our Emory program and sort of its fit in all of that. I have one last question, and I'm always wanting to ask this particular question when I have women physicians. So as a woman in medicine, is there anything that you're particularly excited about for the field? Is there anything that you um, yourself are especially passionate about that may be directly correlative to you being a woman in medicine? I'm always interested Mm. to ask that question. And maybe there's no answer to it, but I'm always fascinated. One thing that I'm actually personally very excited about is having Dr. Jameson as our chair. Um, I was very excited when she joined faculty two years ago and um, came back from CDC and um, came back full-time to Emory, I should say, because she's always kind of been um, adjunctly affiliated. But um, having a female chair of the department, I think, will go far. Um, She had a a great grand rounds a few weeks ago where she talked about how exciting it is that, you know, more women are in medicine, particularly in OBGYN. The majority of people entering OBGYN are, are women. Um, and I thought that that was really um, great to point out. But she also did point out that we do have room to make improvements in terms of leadership. And I think that both in pointing that out and then in serving as an example of um, the head of a department that is a very strong growing department will be like a really exciting thing, both for Emory, but just in general also for for getting having more women in, in positions of decision making and in positions of power within departments. Yeah, that's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that since um, rotating at Grady, um, I think that uh, there was a little spark in me to become an advocate for women's health, um, seeing the women, um, the patients that we'd see at Grady, um, they typically have multiple medical conditions, they don't have good access to health, so when they do come, they're usually very sick. Um, African-American women are by nature at an increased risk for having high blood pressure in pregnancy. And so dealing with the complexities that we deal with at Grady and all these complex patients um, kind of created a spark in me to become an advocate for women's health. I think that our our clinic in Grady and our teen clinic specifically they serve a really great role in um, providing care uh, for the women of Atlanta. Um, you know, seeing 15, 16 year olds that are pregnant um, just really pushes me to advocate for contraception to make sure that these women have access to contraception, have access access to our teen clinic. And so I'm really excited to kind of get more involved and um, do what I can to better their health. And I think to your point, I and to both of your points, I think our department is such a great example of having strong voices mm-hmm. that are advocating, right? Mm-hmm. I always am amazed by the strength of the narrative that's coming from 
our various different specialties. You mentioned the teen clinic. And so when I hear that, I think about how passionately Dr. Kotke and her team is advocating. And the same thing with Dr. Spencer and Dr. Kawas when you talk about REI. So I think that is something that maybe is not necessarily unique to our program. I think a lot of programs would feel that way, but it's certainly something special about Mm -hmm. Emory as well. I definitely feel also like um, Emory, not only within the department, but it... um, within Georgia's women health in like in the state of Georgia in general I just recently came back from the Georgia OBGYN society meeting and getting to see the great representation that Emory had we did this little picture afterwards where it was Emory faculty um previously recently graduated residents and pretty much anybody that had been associated with Emory. And it was this huge group that I was like, where did all these people come from? This is half the conference. So it was lovely to see how many people trained at Emory, had some sort of affiliation with Emory, and then stayed within the state of Georgia to really help Georgia's women, um, given that you know we have some of the highest maternal morbidity and mortality rates within the country. There are really people trying to make a change in that. And I think that Emory is taking a huge part in trying to do something to, to help that. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you guys so much for spending time with me mm-hmm. this morning. I love listening to your conversation. I love feeling as though we're we are learning more. I feel like I'm <laughs> learning more, certainly. So thank you all so much for spending the morning with us. And um, and hopefully you're able to sort of take this morning of reflection throughout the rest of your day as you're rounding on patients, et cetera, throughout the rest of your day. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for the Conversations podcast with Emory Gynecology and Obstetrics. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit us online at www.gynob.emory.edu and follow us on social media at EmoryGYNOB. GYNOB.